episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your co-host, Darth Selene. And I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. And indeed, it is our 50th episode. Hannah, how are you feeling? Excited. I am also very excited. Um, for So just to get this quickly out of the way, you know the drill, Patreon, um, anybody who wants to contribute to more of our stuff in the, in the foreseeable future, you can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you can contribute to the lowest amount being $2 to the highest amount being $10. I'm kind of going through this really quickly because I'm super excited about this episode. <laughs> but yeah, for the highest tier people, um, Patreon art piece, this month we have the lovely Queen Hydia, a.k.a. The Despot Queen showing off her nice Twi'lek uh, femme fatale and embodying the warrior spirit of her people against the ancestors of a Jedi. Absolutely. And not particularly fan servicey, but so I'm bad. pretty I'm pretty sure she'll uh, drive a couple people crazy considering this is no nut November. Oh god. <laughs> But yeah, with that aside, uh, I'm going to do the shout out for all the smugglers, all of you wonderful people that have been supporting us for the past couple months. We actually got a couple of new people. Um, for the smugglers, shout out to Cameron Lee, uh, White Wolves, Dr. Emboss, Gobos, Kenneth Young, Mechanicus, Tristan H, and Irk the Turtle. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast for the past couple months. And for you new smugglers... Welcome to the little family we have in the making over here. More like thank you support thank you for supporting us these past two years. Indeed, Hannah. It has been uh <laughs> it has been a uh trip, let's just say. But I'm glad to have been on it with you. Yeah. I'm very happy about that as well, Hannah. Um but yeah, with that out of the way, go ahead, do your own promotion, Hannah. Support my vlog. Uh not going to do the GoFundMe anymore. Yeah. But yes, support my blog. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. That uh, link is in the description. You haven't been doing that, unfortunately, haven't you? I've been busy with other stuff. <laughs> Which is very, very fair, Hannah. So. Yeah, um, UBDM here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, for before we go into the true meat of this episode, we have a QA, which will be at the Q&A. very the Q and A, which will be at the very end of this topic, and uh, yeah, you'll stay get <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned. You might get some answers to questions you didn't even think about asking us. Who knows? We shall see. We shall see. Let's get through this fast. Yeah. Anyway, so Hannah, I'm pretty sure you know what uh, today's interesting topic is going to be about. We are covering the Dark Empire Trilogy. The famous comic series from back in the late 90s. That was well, beyond my generation. I'm beyond a, Yeah, this was way before I was ever born. I was born in 1996, which is a good while ago. But yeah, Hell, um, for 2000s babies, it was like t- 2000 was 23 fucking years ago. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, the Dark Empire trilogy is a series of comics published by Dark Horse Comics beginning from December 12, 1991 with the Dark Empire 1 
uh, series. Okay. And then ending in November 28th, 1995 with Empire's End. Okay, that was like, uh, that was almost a year before you were born. Yeah, almost a year before I was born. And it's, the Dark Empire series is a really significant comic series because uh, this was like, what was it, five, six years after uh, Return of the Jedi came to theaters and all, and the original trilogy was over by, okay. from George Lucas and all that. Um, so content for Star Wars was kind of just uh, quiet for a good while. And let me give you a little... This is probably before it got like really, really, really big. Yeah. Um, the Dark Empire series was like, a full five years before the Phantom Menace came out. It's old. I mean, that's a small timeline compared to... Okay, anyway. <laughs> it's a small timeline, but just to give you a perspective. Yeah. Um, so, at around this time, Star Wars was kind of restricted to the film series. Of course, there were the Marvel comics that came out alongside the movies back in the day when Star Wars was still popular. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of novels as well. But generally, a com there just weren't a whole lot of spin-off material for Star Wars because it's a relatively new IP. But there was this certain guy. Um, his name is Ton Vecchia. Um, he's kind of a comic book writer, and he did a couple of comic book series back in the day. And he's a huge fan of Star Wars. And he was all like, all right, I have a nice little proposal that I want to send to George Lucas himself to create one of the first comic book series of the Star Wars universe. Like, actually canon. Yeah, actually canon spin-off comic book series. Okay. Like, it's also important to keep in mind that the Dark Empire trilogy was really the first of its kind. Okay. Like, uh, not a whole lot of movie series had a lot of spin-off comics or anything like that, but Star Wars was pretty much the first of its kind. Um, but yeah, Tom just sent off his proposal to George Lucas, though it is important to keep in mind, uh, okay, um, yeah, it was like five years after Return of a Jedi where everything gone dark for the Star Wars series, mm -hmm. so he kind of had his doubts that Lucas would even be interested in his proposal, but, you know, he just sat back and wait. Um, let me see, uh, Okay, um, like he provided numerous samples of his illustrator and just shipped it off to George Lucas and praying on a whim to see if Lucas would be intrigued by his proposal, basically. Something tells me it worked because... Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, three days after he sent his note, he received a call from Lucasfilm, who showed a lot of interest in his proposal. Uh, the olden days when Lucasfilm was still a thing. Yeah, and Lucas had a lot of personal interest in Tom's proposal, since he was also a longtime fan of comics. That's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, so he would sent off the concept art, which would be approved by November 29th. And any sort of production 
As with any sort of production in, say, movies or comics, it went through numerous developments. Like, I think yeah, the original... I think a lot of stuff got left on the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The original proposal, the original idea that Tom had for the uh, comic series mm-hmm. was to explore the ancient days of the Jedi when they were still prominent and running around in the rise of Darth Vader and him slowly hunting down the Jedi Order. So the anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, that you could probably foresee why you're... Lucas didn't want that to happen because it could probably conflict with his current ideas for the prequels that yeah. are still in the making. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and let me see. Uh, okay. Eventually, the concept would land on the Dark Empire series, but even that went through several revisions. And at around the same time, the Dark Empire trilogy would be in production alongside the novel series made by lovely writer Timothy Zane. Yay! So the Hair of the Empire was still in production uh, alongside the Dark Empire series at this time. So that's cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is pretty cool. However, um, considering that you have two different authors who have their own different visions on the Star Wars franchise and all that, um, there is the question of maybe these two different writers would conflict with their ideas of what they want to bring to the table in terms of, you know, story and all that. And Lucasfilm, in a very smart move, uh, thinking that two different Star Wars series would conflict, actually had Timothy Zane and Tom, very serendipitous that both of their names are so similar. Um, Timothy Zane. Timothy Zahn and the writer. As I think someone pronounced in the chat one day, it's like Zahn is pronounced like Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah, that is fairly true. But anyway, <laughs> um, where was I? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so the idea was like, okay, have these two offers, you know, kind of collaborate a bit and make sure that they're, they kind of go down on the Same. right path, sort of speak, and not just zigzag in different directions. Um, That's legend in a nutshell. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And even when they were openly colluding, they're like, you know, there's like conflict of interest of what the offer, two different offers want to bring exactly. to the table. Um, and, you know, it was just a bunch of rambling around. And then they agreed, okay, the Dark Empire series, instead of it operating alongside the same timeline as Hair of the Empire, it will happen five years after the Hair of the Empire. Hair of the Empire. Hair of the Empire. Yes, yeah. <laughs> now you can see where the true conflict comes in, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But ultimately, yeah, um, this is why a lot of people, I always come to, uh, it's always one of those things. Like you saw that discussion with uh, the different design of a Mandalorian race where yes. it, it looks alien-like, but in reality, it could be their helmets. Um, that's obviously a, a huge conflict of interest and a lot of misinterpretation. A lot so to speak. of creative misinterpretation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that a, happens. that happens in art. Yeah. That's unfortunately what's going to happen in any sort of franchise because there's like a lot of people going around the place and it's you can't exactly even, get your facts straight. It's not even in art. It's like looking at it from a theological and mythological standpoint. Yeah. That happens completely over history. Pretty much. 
fuck, I should have gone to school to be a theology. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, but now you're here doing a podcast with me. <laughs> hey, I might do it later in life when I have yeah. money, if that ever happens. Yeah, but yeah, eventually it got put to the side. Uh, it doesn't conflict with Timothy Zane and his story with Ron and all that, and it doesn't conflict with Tom and his vision for the Dark Empire, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, I think they went through the entire production for like, uh, it started back in, hmm. yeah, it's just many, many years of production of, you know, storyboarding, character design, that sort of thing. And then just in no book. Yeah. Um, and it would, the first issue of a dark empire series would release on November 21st, I might be wrong on that, of 1991, and an issue will come out every two months. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so, backstory aside, and all the context needed to bring this into perspective, let us go ahead and enter into the Dark Empire trilogy. Now we're actually getting into the meat of this episode. Yeah. And for everybody that might be listening to this episode and figuring, or asking... When is he going to talk about Operation Shadowhand? When is he going to talk about, uh, I don't know, all the other miscellaneous stuff that happens around the Dark Empire trilogy? That, all of that shit, uh, it's not relevant to the comic series. That's just supplementary materials filled afterwards. I'm talking about the comic series and everything surrounding that. Okay. And in all honesty... I, I, I literally had to read through a comic book series myself just to uh, get a limited perspective as a reader, that sort of thing. Because if I do of the usual thing, like go on to Wikipedia, it will... It's going to tell you everything. It's going to tell you everything. I need the, the uh, <laughs> outsider perspective and trying to explain it to you, Hannah. Okay. So yeah, if one of you asks, oh, when's he going to talk about Han Solo and his ex-girlfriend? That's not important right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the first issue of the Dark Empire series opens up with this nice little text crawl. And it's a little bit longer than your usual tre- text crawls. Okay. Hmm. Let me go. Lucas really is a fan of text crawls. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> okay. Following the deaths of Darth Vader and the Emperor and the destruction of the second Death Star, the Rebel Alliance formed a new republic over three-fourths of a galaxy. But without the thousands of Jedi Knights who formed the backbone of the old republic, the new confederation was a precarious one. Long years of struggle have ensued, during which the Imperials regained strength, pushing back the Alliance until the majority of worlds, including the vital Imperial system, fell once again under Imperial control. Then, without warning, civil war erupted as factions within the Imperial Navy battled the former Emperor's ruling circle for control of the Empire. The rebels seized the opportunity to sow confusion amongst the feuding Imperials, using captured Star Destroyers to conduct hit-and-run shorties into war zones. One such raid over the raging Imperial City battleground ended in disaster. The Alliance Star Destroyer Liberator, commanded by Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian, crashed upon the planet's surface. Only Luke's Skillful use of a ship's deflector shield and anti-grav braking system prevented all aboard from being killed. 
as our story opens. Princess Leia Organa and her husband Han Solo, together with Wookie Chewbacca and the protocol droid C-3PO, were on a daring mission to rescue their fallen comrades. Interesting opening. Yeah, it is. A little bit longer than usual, but you it gets yeah. the point across. <laughs> so yeah, there's obvious civil war amongst the Imperials. For what reason, we do not know. It's kind of um, just like, oh no, the Empire is back. Oh no, the Empire is back. Oh crap, it's fighting amongst itself. <laughs> yep. But yeah, um, basically the comic book series opens up on, uh, you know, Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon leading a rebel task force. I say rebel task force, even though it's the New Republic right now. It's just one of those general things that sticks with them, but whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Um, So if it isn't obvious, it's covered in supplemental materials later down the line. But Imperial City would be later identified as Coruscant itself. Okay. But back in the day, it was called the Imperial Capital, that sort of thing. Fair enough. Yeah. So technically, Coruscant appeared way before Phantom Menace five years later. True. Yeah. It just didn't have a name yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Han Solo, with a Millennium Falcon, uh, went to you know the Imperial City where there's just civil war going on all around them. Stormtroopers are fighting amongst themselves. TIE fighters are having dogfights. There's a bunch of ATTs, actually ATATs, which are the big camel walkers, just fighting amongst ourselves. They're just Imperial against Imperial. And Han Solo was all like, hey, maybe we should, should, should we even be here? We could just let them fight amongst themselves. But they're here to rescue Luke Skywalker and the rest of the rebels, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um and along the ways... You really keep fighting if your fucking commander is dead. Yeah, pretty much. And more fucking Luke Skywalker himself, the last of a Jedi. Like he's still a commander. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, uh, with some skillful maneuvering and shooting down an AT-AT, they <sighs> land near the crash site of the, uh, the Alliance Star Destroyer. And they have a nice little reunion with Lando Calrissian. It's like, yay, we're back together again. Where the and fuck I'm, is Luke? Uh, he's... Probably somewhere else. But anyway, um, as they're having this celebration, a couple of scavengers come out and they're like, look at that. That's a legendary Millennium Falcon. Time to salvage that motherfucker. And they start putting a bridge between uh, Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. And they just start ripping the ship apart. And they're like, my ship! My ship! Get away from it! Okay. And the scavengers decide to let loose some cyber dogs amongst the uh, Rebel Alliance. You know, classic skirmish, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then out of nowhere, the dogs are just yeeted across by an invisible force. And a couple of the droids that are, you know, serving the scavengers, they just explode by themselves. And I gotta say, the entrance for Luke Skywalker is probably the most badass part about this book. Um... Luke Skywalker just comes out of a nearby rubble, and he just, with a single flick of his wrist, he just sends the scavengers packing. That's funny. He is such a motherfucking chad. And an AT-AT, you know, the giant camel walker, uh, just comes around the corner, and Han Solo's like, Look out, kid! There's an AT-AT! And the machine just fires upon Luke, Mm -hmm. and... There's just explosions happening around him. He just uses his force aura to absorb the blows and everything. And at one point, he activates his lightsaber and sends a laser bolt right back at it. Yeah. 
And then Deflect. he reaches out through the force and just crumbles that ATAT. That's got to take a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Skywalker is an absolute badass in this comic. And that's just his first appearance. Yeah, we're not even halfway into the fucking book. Yeah. And, you know, just, woohoo, reunion, da-da-da-da. And then Luke Skywalker walks up to Leia, and he's all like, um, there is some dark presence going on here. I investigated the Imperial Palace, and it's shown me some disturbing clues. Whoever is causing this civil war is extremely powerful on the dark side. And as of on cue... There is a uh, large wormhole that just comes out of space, wrecks through the Imperial fleet overhead, and it mm-hmm. starts sucking up of the entire surface of the Imperial city. Just okay, start start doing the what the fuck. Kevin, what the fuck? <laughs> and the Luke Skywalker is all like, the the wormhole or whoever is controlling this wormhole is here for me. Evacuate the rest of the survivors. <laughs> I know it's a lot of uh, what this the is fuck? this Number is one two. this is one thing you have to keep in mind. This is the very first of its kind, so there's going to be a lot of what the fuck moments throughout this. To be fair, you did warn me saying it was going to be on the mind fuck level. Of the <laughs> so it's like waru levels of mind fuck. Yeah, not quite that, but <laughs> we're about to get there. <laughs> oh boy! Great so deal. yeah, yeah. So anyway, um. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, so Luke Skywalker has the rebels evacuate. R two D two stays with Luke because you know he's the loyal companion. Um, and Luke Skywalker just allows himself to be sucked into the wormhole along with R two and everything else that's around him. Okay. And the Rebel Alliance, uh, you know Leia, uh, Han Solo, C three PO, yes. all the rest of them just give a fuck out of dodge. And uh, Leia is all like, I. I have a very bad feeling, you know, classic Star Wars stuff. Um, they even do that in Squator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do it all over the place. It's a trend. <laughs> yep, it's the one line everybody knows. But yeah, um, so the rest of them go back to this moon called Pinnacle Base, which is the main stronghold of a New Republic at around this time. And Mon Mothma and, uh, uh, you know, Ad- good old Admiral Agbar are mm-hmm. informing, you know, like, Okay, where's Luke Skywalker? Oh, he's uh, doing his own thing. No, whatever. But we got more important matters to to attend to. There's this new fleet of dark ships emerging from the very core of the galaxy itself. Uh Um, It seems like there's a new resurgent empire of some sort coming from there. And with them, aside from just a shitload of Star Destroyers, there are new super weapons called the World Devastators. We talked about them briefly. Did we we, we talk about these? Yes, we briefly talked about the uh, World Devastators in the uh, very first episode. The first episode. The very first episode, which was fun Mm. as hell. (laughs) But I'll go ahead and uh, bring you up to speed and show you what they look like. Don't watch Uh, that episode. It's. Uh, you get to see classic uh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite moment was him trying to figure out how the um, our fucking Starkiller base worked. And that's also when, that was also the uh, start of the... Oh Sun yeah, the Sun Crusher meme. meme, yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> Me too. From our fucking Waffle Cone of Doom. <laughs> ah! 
But yeah, the World Devastators... Okay, so you remember what the, uh... What was it? Um, or fucking, uh... Uh... Okay, that Ricotta... The Ricotta super weapon that's... That absorbed the energy of a star. You remember that one, right? I don't remember the name, but I remember (laughs) what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Think of the World Devastators as that, but they consume entire worlds. So, basically, Big Machine Dark Nihilus. Pretty much, yeah. Big Machine Dark Nihilus. And they consume the raw materials of an entire planet, and basically... Infinite starfighters, infinite vehicles, that sort of thing. Just nom 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 nom. <laughs> and Just one of eating the planet. Yeah, literally eating the planet. And one of the worlds that they uh, stumbled upon and started eating the fuck out of was uh, Akbar's homeworld, Mon Calamari, which I think is also made its first appearance in. By the way. I thought it was just called Moncala. Moncala. There's a lot of different names for. Uh, <laughs> the home if world of a Mon Calamari is the race, Mon Calamari should be the planet. Well, it, it depends on the source. It's sometimes called Mon Calamari. It's also called Doc. D-A-C. <laughs> Star Wars lore needs to fucking have some continuity here. Yeah. Um. Also, Admiral Agbar, when, uh, you know, he's informing the Rebel Alliance of his newfound intelligence, Um. he also makes the interesting note that... Uh, um, his homeworld was actually going to be the first of many worlds that Palpatine was going to, you know, explode to oblivion once the first, the second Death Star was operational. Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, he's all like, these things might be more dangerous than the Death Star. You know, obviously building up the power of these super weapons and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, while this shit is going on... Uh, Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 find themselves in some sort of vessel as Luke Skywalker is like, okay, the wormhole, it also devastated, but it probably teleported me into this vessel. Whoever is after me obviously wants me alive. And he deduces that he is within the core of the very core of a galaxy. He makes this quote where it's all like, if there is a dark center of the universe, this is where it is, R2. And he kind of looks out... (laughs) <laughs> quite literally he looks outside of the ship that he's in and he just sees a shit ton of star destroyers orbit- orbiting this one planet uh the planet is called bis oh this is palpatine's fucking vault planet yep 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 it is and the vessel of that he's in he identifies it as a uh imperial dungeon ship which he kind of points out was used to uh, capture Jedi during the Clone Wars. Gee, no shit. <laughs> but I think it's also kind of interesting because it's one of those things where uh, the Clone Wars is not really solidified at this point. It's kind of like one of those events that uh, is mentioned. Yet but to be determined. Yet to be determined. So, again. No, those would have, been, would have been really cool if they yeah. included those in the TV show. It would have been pretty cool, yeah. Um, but anyway, point is, the, the dungeon ship takes Luke to a citadel. Well, actually, no, he doesn't take it to the citadel. Uh, it goes to Bis. Um, he's corralled into a force cage, basically. He, along with R2, and they're taken to the citadel. And 
these armed guards just aim their guns at Luke, and he's like, and they're all like, move along, our master wants to see you. And Luke Skywalker just motherfucking walks out of there, and he just force pushes the motherfuckers out of the way. And he's all like, I'm only here because of my true, because I'm here of my own free will. Okay. Like, he's, he's basically pimp slapping a bunch of these dudes with his force abilities. Damn, he really got really powerful. Was yes, he, he did. He doesn't skip leg day in the force. Fair enough. <laughs> and Luke Skywalker, along with R2, just go into the Citadel. And the rest of the robe figures are like, hey, uh, should we let him go? And, and one of the other dudes is like, no, no, no. Let him walk towards his doom. Towards what he assumes to be his free will. Our master will take care of the rest. Shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> <Palpatine>. <laughs> so he goes into the, the uh, throne room of whoever this mastermind <laughs> is. And uh, let me see if I could bring up... Okay, here we go. Um, the dark figure is all like, Excellent, excellent. You have come to me of your own free will, Luke Skywalker. It's Mr. Burns! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. fucking Burns. Geeking <laughs> universe joke. And anyway, Luke Skywalker's like, it's you. I thought you died over the second Death Star so many years ago when my father throwed you into the reactor pit. And Palpatine was like, yes, my physical body died that day. But my spirit is forever more immortal. And I possess one of the clone bodies that I had on Biss. And now I am back here. How many times do we have to keep teaching you this lesson? <laughs> <laughs> Very literally. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, that's Palpatine. Where, <laughs> I, I can tell that's where the writers for the sequels got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Was not executed well, by the way. No, unfortunately. And of course, you could uh, thank this version of Palpatine for inspiring Bioware and making Vitiate. True. <laughs> yeah. True. But yeah. still is like, why won't you die? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's this entire exchange where Palpatine's all like, I have grown much powerful, as you have grown much powerful since our last encounter, blah, blah, blah. You know, this big evil speech. And he's all like, you know how powerful I am in the dark side. Fucking typical big bad evil guy. And you know, he's just pointing at the hollow screen where his new fleet is just wrecking havoc all over the New Republic, along with the world devastators. And he's like, join my side, Luke Skywalker. Fulfill the role your father did so many years ago and become my personal enforcer. If you do, the world devastators are yours to command. And Luke Skywalker, he was obviously very reluctant at this point. And he's like, I could strike you down right here, right now. And Palpatine's like, go ahead, do it. I'll just go into another body. Who cares? <laughs> and then during this entire... When he's doing his big evil speech, R2 just hands Luke his own lightsaber. Like, hey, here you go. You need this? Here you go. No, he should have fucking set him on fire. Like, uh, <laughs> he set, or the fucking droid did with Vigiant. He should have just set him on fire. Oh, that would have been hilarious. But unfortunately, that's not how this story goes. Good thinking, um, R2. God damn it. And Luke Skywalker, he's just kind of pondering his actions because he sends the immense power coming from Palpatine. And he knows even if he does kill him, 
you'll just go into another body. It just respawned time all over the place. And Luke Skywalker... <laughs> and Luke Skywalker came to the conclusion that there, I, I really have no other choice. I... And he bends the knee to Palpatine. He says, I will join your side, Lord Sidious. Oh, shit. And R2 is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Or being the sensible one here. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah. Three now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. He bends the knee to Palpatine and proclaims his service to the reborn Palpatine. And Palpatine's like do the classical good, good. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the mind fucks. Yeah. Mind exactly. Fucks. Exactly. Oh, great. And while that's happening, the New Republic is trying their best to fight off the world of Devastators. Meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, it's just a bunch of jumps in between. <laughs> um, the New Republic is trying its best to fight off the world of Devastators, not piercing them at all. They're getting utterly curb stomped by the world of Devastators. Mm. Um, to the point where even when they brought in their own captured Star Destroyers, the world of Devastators just. <laughs> the, the Star Destroyers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Fucking cut your losses, say goodbye. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, if, while this entire shit is going on, Leia is just chilling at the Rebel base, and she gets a vision. She's not panicking? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, she gets a vision. This silhouetted figure appears before her, and at first it looks like Darth Vader, her very own father. And Leia was asking, like, father, have you come to me? Blah, blah, blah. You know that sort of thing. Um, and then, even though it has the helmet of Darth Vader, it slowly reveals itself to be Luke Skywalker himself. Oh. And Luke Skywalker... I thinking it was actually Anakin. And Luke was all like, sorry, Leia. Uh, I do not interfere of what's going on. I know what I am doing, blah, blah, blah. And Leia's like, what are you doing? And then the voice changes, and the more sinister voice of Palpatine is all, like, very taunting towards Leia, like, your brother, your precious Jedi Knight is now mine. Of course. And Leia just collapses right then and there. I think it, this is, before we go on any further... This is just my prediction. <laughs> like, Luke's going double agent. <laughs> you know, you actually got a very good head on your shoulders, Hannah. You got a very good head on your shoulders. Yeah, he's going double agent. <laughs> but obviously, Leia doesn't know that. For all she knows, Luke could legitimately have joined Palpatine's side or whoever. Well, she doesn't know it's Palpatine. This is coming from someone who has no fucking knowledge of this. Yeah. So... You're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, she, you know, she passes out. Uh, c is like, oh my, I need to get her to the medical facility. And uh, Han Solo is brought in because, you know, husband, gotta yeah. care yeah. for your hus uh, wife and everything. Um, and Leia just informs him that she is very worried about Luke Skywalker. And despite his earlier uh, protests of intervening with whatever he's doing... They want to find Luke Skywalker and bring him back to their side, you know. And Mon Mothma, and Mon Mothma was all like, "Yeah, Luke Skywalker is a very important leader within the Rebel Alliance. We, 
who knows what sort of secrets he might be giving to the Empire or whatever. Um, and they know for a fact that uh, Luke is in the deep core region of space. They don't know specifically which planet, but they know he's in that region. And most starships, they're not uh, registered to go into the deep core because, you know, it's surrounded by black holes and shit. Yeah. Um, however. Death wish. Yeah. Fortunately, Han Solo knows somebody who can bring them to the deep core. Because why not? <laughs> you know, he's a smuggler. He knows a lot of people. True. But yeah, um, so Han Solo, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and Leia go out to... Yeah, you know, the classic game minus uh, Luke and R2. Um, go out to the... Uh, the now hottest system, which I also think is revealed in there for the very first time. Oh, that's cool. It is pretty cool, yeah. And they specifically go to Narshadov, the smuggler's moon. Hey. Hey. It's one of my favorite planets go to in Sator. Oh, it is so good. It's basically Coruscant, but seedier. It's Space Vegas. <laughs> Space Vegas, pretty much. Um, but yeah. Uh, so to make a long story short. They go to Narshada because, you know, Han Solo knows a guy, a guy named Mako, who could drag them to somebody who has a freighter that's registered for the Deep Core, blah, okay. blah, Um And here's the thing. Um, both Leia and Han Solo have a bounty on their head for killing Jabba the Hutt. And oh, since shit. they're going into the system where the Hutts are, you know, a lot of bounty hunters will be after them. Not surprising. This, this is sounding like a D&D campaign now. Oh, pretty much. It is absolutely <laughs> a D&D campaign. Like, the moment uh, the Millennium Falcon goes into the surface of Narshadov, they are chased after by several bounty hunters, and oh, they right. have to shake them off. That's funny. Um, and Han Solo and Leia meet up with these two people. One of them is his old colleague of his, and another is his ex-girlfriend, who is the pilot of the freighter that is registered for the Deep Core. Does she have a name? Uh, let me see if I... I think I wrote his name in here somewhere. Uh, Shala. That's her name. Okay. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, Shala's like, hey, how's it been? It's been a good while. And, and Hansel is like, I'm spoken for. Like I am spoken for. But, oh yeah, her, uh, ship... Let me see if I... Uh, the ship is called the Starlight Intruder. It is such a cool name, yeah. Um, but yeah, the point is, they find the people, but they're still in the midst of repairs. So, you know, they gotta do... They gotta kill the time while they're repairing. Mm -hmm. uh, Han Solo has Chewbacca help out with repairs, and he and Leia go to his old apartment on Narshadal, which he never goes back to nowadays. But, uh, well, duh. <laughs> and while they are walking around and, you know, avoiding the gaze of bounty hunters that are currently after their ass, there's this old woman that's, uh, you know, one of those classical homeless ladies that speaks, <laughs> that uh, sounds very crazy. But she looks at Leia and she's like, Jedi! Jedi, I know you. What the fuck? And she identifies herself as Vima in the third person. Vima knows you are Jedi. So basically, the first Jar Jar Brinks of the series. Goddamn. Oh yeah, let me. Yeah, she's kind of a decrepit did old Leia bitch. Did Leia know that she was force sensitive? Yeah, point? she is force sensitive at this point. No, did Leia know? Yeah, she knows. She knows. Okay. Yeah, okay. she's just a decrepit-looking bitch. Jesus. <laughs> she's had in the bathtub too long. 
<laughs> but yeah, she she just kind of uh, corrals Leia and she's like, I know you are Jedi. Vima knows you are Jedi. I was also once a Jedi. During the Great Scourge, I betrayed my brothers and sisters trying to run away from the Empire. So basically, she's a, le- a legend survivor of Order 66. Yeah, but back then it isn't identified as Order 66. It's called the, uh, the Great Scourge and all of that stuff. So early hints of what was going to happen in the prequel yeah, trilogy. Um, and she's if like... anyone could have caught on. <laughs> and Vima was all like... Vima has gift for you, and she gives Leia this metal casket. And Leia's like, "What is this?" And you know, she's trying to wonder. You know, she doesn't exactly open it just yet, but she looks up, and Vima disappears. <laughs> so she's pretty much like the uh, more crazy Master Yoda in this instance, a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. The fucking Feral Yoda. The Feral Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, after that, Han Solo and Leia go to his old apartment, uh, which Han Solo has not been to in, like, several decades at this point. And, uh, Han Solo has a Keeper droid. I don't, the name's not really relevant, but okay. the Keeper droid is all like, Greetings, Master Solo. It's kind of malfunctioning because it hasn't it's been maintained. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, oh, glad to see you again, Master Solo. There are a couple of guests waiting for you. A man by the name of Mr. Fett. Oh! <laughs> and Hansel's like, oh no. And then out of the shadows, Boba Fett along with Dingar reveal themselves. Oh shit. And Hansel's like, I saw you. Well, okay, he didn't see him, but you fell into the Sarlacc pit. How are you still alive? And Boba Fett's like. He answered, he crawled out. He's, his direct response was, the Sarlacc pit saw me indigestible solo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it, they, they obviously don't touch upon how he survived, but yay, Fett's here. <laughs> Wait, the book of Boba Fett fucking answered that? Yes, it does. I still need to watch it. Yeah, um, that aside, um, so Mako, the guy who, you know, summoned Solo here, Basically betrayed his ass to Jeng, uh, Boba Fett because, you know, Pickle money. <laughs> yeah. Got an, I got to go look out for my retirement solo and you have a very nice bounty on your head, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they have a nice little gunfight that goes across the uh, streets of Narshada and all that stuff. Um, in the middle of his crossfire... There was like a random hut that's just minding its own business. <laughs> More fucking Bo- Boba Fett shoots his rocket, misses Solo, and sends the hut flying off of his hollow shed into the depths of Narshana. Oh it's like, God. ah! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and, and Mar- He's just minding his own business. And Han, and Han Solo's like, Good shot there, Boba Fett. Maybe the Alliance should give you a medal for that. That's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is so more fucking funny. Um, but fortunately, he and Leia jump on the, you know, the hover sled that the, that the HUD the was HUD on, on. And they use it to give a fuck out of there. And the point is, they get on to the, uh, the uh, Starlight Intruder, which is now repaired. And that, they, that was fast. Yeah, and they make their way to Abyss with Boba Fett hot on their heels. How's Boba? Uh, he has resources, never mind. Yeah, he's he's got this new ship called the Slave 2, by the way. Oh. 
yeah, it's uh, it's not as memorable looking compared to the slave one, but he's got the slave two now. Okay. And he makes this big deal of I have better hyperdrive than that motherfucking freighter. We'll get ahead of them, and then I'll ambush them there. <laughs> meanwhile. But, meanwhile. <laughs> that's all of super best friends. <laughs> and the Hall of Justice. Mine <laughs> was the South Park reference. Yeah, um. But anyway, so they appear to Biss, and, you know, since the Starlight Intruder has the proper registration codes, they manage to go through the blockade without any issue. Um, the Slave 2, on the other hand, doesn't have any codes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and, um, the Imperial supervisors that were all like, we got unregistered vessel, activate the shields, activate the shields! And the Slave 2... Just got crippled and just flies into the void. You know that scene from Robot Chicken where Darth Vader's just spinning around? It's basically <laughs> like that, but with Boba Fett. Oh shit, that's funny. And Dingar's like, I knew having a job with you was the worst decision ever, Boba Fett! That's funny. <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett's just... <laughs> he's being Boba Fett's just being treated like a motherfucking stooge at this point. That's funny, though. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like, Boba Fett's more of a fucking badass. I'm like, have you seen what Dark he's Dark like Dark in the Dark. old days of Star Wars? He was... He's a fucking... He's a repeat villain. <laughs> Pretty much, he's yeah. He's Skeletor! <laughs> <laughs> Next time, He-Man! <laughs> God damn. Um, but yeah, long story short... Uh, Okay, the crew goes on to the the, <clears throat> the Imperial Citadel on Biss, uh, have a nice little gunfight, and Luke with his two gigantic Imperial Sentinels, who are uh, the giant dark side mm-hmm. fuckers that we talked about in the previous episode. Yeah, they're in the Sispawn episode. Yeah. Um, Luke was all like, Leia, come to me. There are many things I need to tell you, and Han, blah, blah, blah. And, and he tells her that... Palpatine is back, and she's all like, wait, Palpatine is back? Uh, and Mike Chumlon, what a twist! <laughs> hey man, at least it wasn't, somehow, Palpatine returned. It's so stupid. Anyway. But yeah, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, obviously, uh, Leia is shocked that Palpatine's still alive, uh, they take Han Solo prisoner and Leia. Okay, I didn't mention this earlier, but the casket that uh, that Vima Jedi handed her, mm-hmm. it was a uh, her own lightsaber that she gifted to Leia. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. And in this instance, Leia activated her own lightsaber, and Palpatine's like, "Ah, I see you got your own lightsaber, little Jedi. I got both of the last Jedi of the galaxy right before me. This is such a monumentous occasion, you know." Classic bad guy stuff, that sort of thing. Um, and Leia was all like, I am taking Luke with us. We are leaving, but I'm taking my brother with me. And with a, with a flick of his wrist, Palpatine just disintegrates Leia's lightsaber like it's nothing. Because of course he can. <laughs> yeah, he is super powerful in this comic series, by the well, way. It's like how... <laughs> Fucking DBZ bridge here. Power levers are bullshit. <laughs> and Palpatine's all like, I have many things that I could teach you in the ways of a dark side. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that sort of thing. And 
he's all like, here, let me bring you to my chamber so I could teach you the ways of the force. And in the, while Palpatine is doing his big evil speech, Leia kind of subtly uses the force to knock over a uh, piece of debris that's over Palpatine's head, hoping to drop it on his ass. And instead of, you know, knocking him the fuck out, it's just... Just nothing? Nothing. It just... <laughs> and Palpatine's all like... Really? He's all like, huh. And that was very dark side of you, trying to kill a helpless old man. And then he just electrocutes the living fuck out of Leia. Fuck. <laughs> that was a good try. It was that a good try. Worked if it wasn't fucking Palpatine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, he had... Uh, the knocked out Princess Leia go to Palpatine's chambers because, you know, Palpatine has many secrets he wants to tell her, probably drive her further to the dark side like he did with uh, Luke and all that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first instances. Uh, so he basically hands her a Jedi holocron, which is also the very first introduction of it, by the way. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of firsts here. A lot of very firsts here. Um, and, you know, he's indulging, like, this is a Jedi holocron that holds the history of the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And Leia's all like... He stole it from Palpatine's artifact. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Leia was all like, this belongs to the Jedi. You do not deserve this. And Palpatine's all like, oh, of course it belongs to me. I am the master of the Jedi, just like your father was. Oh, what the fuck? Like, he considers himself the master of the Jedi because he dominated Darth Vader, who was a former Jedi, and he killed all the Jedi. Oh. Yeah, I know a lot of uh, <laughs> more fucking uh, logic leaps here. It doesn't but, work that way. But, yeah, this is old lore. This is the very first of its kind, so take that uh, as you will. Um, but anyway, Palpatine's all like, even though I have grown very powerful, the clone body I currently inhabit is slowly deteriorating, and I am feeling very weak and feeble. I need a new vessel to possess. And you, Leia, you possess a strong child within your womb that is powerful in the Force. Like, Ao, <laughs> And I... I'm going to need that child to ensure my ri- my new rise of the Empire, that sort of thing. How about no? <laughs> and, yeah, that's pretty much what Leia was all like. Uh, Palpatine was just resting himself up in bed, and Leia just pushed him out and just ran away. And Palpatine's all like, good, good, I'm pushing her further and further to the dark side. She will be under my thumb very, very soon. And then he realized... Cards! She stole my holocron! <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. And eventually Leia finds uh, Luke, who's uh, transmitting the codes into R2. Uh, oh yeah, another thing I forgot to mention. Um, So, back to the uh, battle with the uh, New Republic and the World Devastators. Out of nowhere, the World Devastators just stop working for whatever reason. Oh shit. And Lando Calrissian was all like, uh, so one of his lieutenants, I think it was Wedge Antilles, was like, man, our new starfighters are doing a pretty good job against the world devastators, aren't they? And Lando was all like, no, that's not what's going on here. It's almost as if whoever is controlling these world devastators wants to lose like an idiot. 
And uh, you know who's controlling the world of Devastators, right, Hannah? Palpatine. No, Luke. Oh. He's doing it on the <laughs> Yep. See what I mean? Double agent. Double agent. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, evil secret lair tad bit. Anyway, um, Luke Skywalker is just uh, putting a lot of crucial information into R2. You know, the master control system for uh, the world devastators and a bunch of these secret yeah, imperial like stored shit. Stored in the droid. Stored in the droid. Stored in the droid. You know, his role in New Hope where Leia puts the plans of a Death Star into R2. Exactly. Well, Anyway, so Leia and Luke reunite, and Luke is all like, I have fooled Palpatine into believing that I joined his side, blah, blah, blah. And now I have the secrets of a world devastator as the master computer that controls all of them from a distance, blah, blah. I need you to go. And Leia's like, no, you're coming with us, Luke. And she rescues <clears throat> rescues uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, who are imprisoned. Uh, they get onto the... Uh, the Starlight Intruder, and give a fuck out of Dodge. And Luke, uh, so Leia's all like, okay, Luke, we need to get back so we could take down the Empire together. And Luke Skywalker said, I can't do that, Leia. I still have a job to do. I need to finish Palpatine and his clones once and for all. And Leia's like, how are you going to do that? And then Luke just fades away because he was, uh, it was an illusion that went with them. Like, you know, uh, the move he did in Last Jedi, but if it was actually didn't kill him. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That is completely fine. But I did not watch Last Jedi. That is completely fine. That's completely fine. But anyway, um, so Palpatine's like, oh no, Leia and the... the the child she is carrying is out of my grasp. I need to retrieve him, Luke. And Luke is all like, your reign is coming to an end, Emperor. I know where your clones are now. And, and Palpatine's like, ah, shit. Um, look, Luke, how about, how about I give you another proposal? Let me inhabit your body. That way we could conquer the galaxy as one. And Luke Skywalker's like, no, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> and I got to show you this motherfucking image because it's so meme worthy. Palpatine is just in his old man form. And do I have it? Yes, I do. Uh, he's just in his old man form. And he's all like, very well, then I must die. <laughs> Literally, but guess I'll die then. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And Luke Skywalker... Oh, damn, holy shit! And Luke Skywalker was pretty much coming to a realization what he's trying to do. And he he makes a mad dash to the cloning chambers and trying to kill all of them one by one. Unfortunately, it proved too late. And Palpatine managed to get into one of the younger clone bodies. Mm -hmm. And they have his duel. At first, Luke Skywalker was able to overwhelm him with his Force abilities. But Palpatine, by the way, uh, the clone is pretty much naked this entire dueling session. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you can see with some of the uh, artwork, it's very old. But it does look pretty cool. I mean, it's typical Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he naked. <laughs> he naked. Um, and within two moves, he just effortlessly disarms Luke Skywalker of his lightsaber. Ow. And he's all like, I will not underestimate you again, Luke Skywalker. I am going to utterly break you until you become 
what your father once was to me and become my my unstoppable enforcer and a bender to my will. And meanwhile, uh, Leia, back at the uh, Rebel HQ, kind of accesses the Holocron, and the Holocron's gatekeeper is this guy by the name of Bodo Boss. Not to be confused with Bodo Boss. That that sounded very, very similar. Yeah, it replaced the V, but with a B. Bodo Boss. (laughs) And uh, she's just accessing this Holocron to see what else she could find. But along the lines, the gatekeeper retells a prophecy, which goes as follows. A brother and sister born to walk the sky, but reckless brother falls into dark side's eye. Jedi's sister carries hope for future in her womb. Only she can save the Skywalkers from certain doom. A Jedi killer wants to tame her. Now the dark side lord comes to claim her. She must battle, join against this thief, or the destiny, or the dynasty of all the Jedi will come to grief. Okay, just fucking, okay, retelling what we've already heard. Typical yeah. stupid prophecy. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and as Leia's... Pro- a lot of tropes in here. Yeah, a good amount of tropes in here. As Leia's just pondering the holocron, Palpatine... And a sec and a good amount of his star destroyers appear over the pinnacle moon. And Palpatine has this badass ship called the Eclipse. Once again, mentioned the Eclipse in the Super Weapons episode. Um, that was uh, fit, uh, <laughs> episodes ago. Also, love this badass artwork of Palpatine Holy. with Luke. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hug! <laughs> Give me a hug, bitch! Yes. It's like, uh, no, fuck this, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the Eclipse is just a super, super Star Destroyer. That's fucking huge. It is, it is a big boy. But anyway, uh, Palpatine just appears with his pimped out fleet over the Rebel base. And he contacts them saying, I have no quarrel with you, Rebel Alliance scum. Just hand over Leia, and I will let the rest of you live in peace. And Leia, you know, gave herself up because she sees this as a chance to bring Luke back to, you know, the light side. Because if Palpatine's still here, it's obviously clear that uh, Luke failed in his mission. So she goes aboard the Star Destroyer, and classical thing, Palpatine's all like, I will bend... Is just a repeat of episode three? Pretty much, yeah. The typical Be- confrontation. The, the fucking episode free before episode free. Um, so Palpatine is just convincing Leia, join my side and give up your child. And Leia's being very defiant about this. And you know that scene from a uh, motherfucking Wizard of Oz where the witch tries to uh, get Dorothy's... Uh, yeah, to get her slippers. Get her slippers and she's obviously repelled by it. Yeah. Palpatine yeah. tries to touch Leia. And he's like, ah! Fucking force magic bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. And Palpatine's like, all right, Luke Skywalker, if I can't touch Leia at all, I'm going to have you <laughs> kill her ass. That, that, that just sounds so terrible. <laughs> <made> like that. <laughs> anyway. 
But yeah, um, there's a brief little duel where Luke Skywalker is doing the classical. The, the dark side, I thought I could control it, but it has controlled me. You know, that sort of classical stuff. Mm-hmm. And Leia's like, come back to us, Luke. There is still good in you, blah, 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 blah. You know, yep. that sort of thing. And, and Luke manages to... Leia manages to break through to Luke. And Luke turns on Palpatine. And, you know, they have his duel... Luke Skywalker this time cuts off <laughs> Palpatine's arm. And Luke Skywalker was like, you will surrender, your highness. And Palpatine's like, you think that I will give up so easily? Witness the full power of the dark side. And the, gi- and the giant wormhole from earlier just gets summoned. And it completely devours the rebel fleet. He was controlling that the whole fucking time. Yep, that's a force storm. What the fuck? And he's like, watch as I destroy your level fleet and your level base down below. So dope. That's so dope. That's so dope. This is about to get even dumber, Hannah. (laughs) Oh, boy. And a... Uh, and Palpatine's like, you cannot stop me. And Leia and Luke focus through the Force. And with a combined, with their combined powers, as well as the power of her, of Leia's child <laughs> within her uh, womb, they overwhelmed Palpatine with an intense light side barrier. And it was so intense that it basically disrupted Palpatine's control over his Force Storm. And the Force Storm without anybody to control it, consumed Palpatine's eclipse along with Palpatine on it. How'd they get off? Uh, you know, classic give a fuck out of Dodge. Um, they escaped just in time. That's yeah, right. they escaped just in time. Um, and yeah, um, as Leia and Luke watched as the wormhole dissipated and consumed the eclipse, uh, Luke Skywalker's like, I cannot handle the dark side on my own. I think now is the time to bring back the Jedi Order. Dun dun. <laughs> um, and uh, to make a long story short, that is the end of the first trilogy of the Dark Empire series. What? Yeah, that is just book one. It's a trilogy. Oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, we're making a part two and three. I might just have to because uh, it's over an hour and six minutes at this point. Yeah, we got questions we need to answer. Stay tuned for two and three. (laughs) We have future episodes. Yeah, that. uh, God damn, I had so much to go through. I was all like, should I do the entire Dark Empire trilogy? Yeah, we gotta cut that into episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a uh, just like Palpatine's Force Storm. It is just a uh, <laughs> just an absolute storm over here with the Dark Empire series, Hannah. Oh wow! But it is kind of fun in its own regard, in all honesty. Very mind fucky. It is very mind fucky, but it's still pretty fun. It, 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 it makes sense for it being. The first, like, Legends content. Yeah. If you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the uh, classical trope of, like... Uh, there are so many tropes! <laughs> I mean, like, uh, we got the introdu- introduction of several... Oh, yeah, the World Devastators get destroyed by uh, R2. 
putting in codes and yeah, everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Also, kind of a similar thing of which will be implemented in via Phantom Menace with the control ships. But all of the world devastators are controlled by a master computer, and R two just had them ram into each other. Good on you. Lord. <laughs> Always being the hero. But yeah, I I uh, the Dark Empire series. It's weird in its own regard but back in the day i'm sure a lot of people would have been shitting their pants yeah i was gonna say every nerd who read this was like <laughs> <laughs> let's just go with shitting their pants that's yeah. a less crass <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um god damn what do you think about the dark empire trilogy hannah well okay the first part anyway first part fucking amazing yeah I am so glad nobody spoiled anything for me. <laughs> yeah, so glad for that too. And ironically enough, I think the Dark Empire series committed the uh, Palpatine coming back to life in a clone body better than the Rise of Skywalker did. Yeah, the Rise of Skywalker ripped it off so terribly, but... this Coming back in a clone body is just annoying now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Palpatine did not die by the eclipse. <laughs> Don't make me flip this table. <laughs> that would actually be kind of impressive considering this is a coffee table. God, I need to go find something to flip. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, before I actually end this episode, Q&A Q&A segment! Time. Yeah! <laughs> Just had to go through a lot of bullshit for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but a very fun bullshit, I might add. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so we have a bunch of questions from our viewers over on the channel, as well as our own Patreon subscribers. So let me go ahead and do the community ones first for us, Hannah. Okay. Um, they got a couple of interesting ones over here I think you might like. Uh, okay. No, no, that's not where I... Okay. First question. Um, Vic Bucks, what's your favorite obscure piece of Star Wars trivia? I think it was... It's not really that obscure, but... Like, the fact that it's... Uh, Kira Knightley and... Uh, Oh, yeah, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman could not get told apart by their own mothers on yeah. the set of Phantom Menace. That's fucking amazing. I love it. Yeah, a nice little behind-the-scenes trivia right there. For me, personally, the obscure piece of Star Wars trivia that I really like is, uh, goddamn, uh, another behind-the-scenes thing. It's just the development of Grievous as a whole in Revenge of the Sith. Like, initially, before he became a cyborg, he was initially this weird force baby of some kind what yeah i know i'll have to show you pictures later but it's weird as hell (laughs) and and one of the other concepts was just a droid that george lucas liked but didn't exactly fit his interpretation of grievous so he set it aside for his own bodyguard droids okay so the bodyguard droids were a concept of grievous initially yeah, it's, cool. yeah, it's a very... And of course, the uh, how Cad Bane was created, that is a nice little piece of trivia. We talk about that in the Cad Bane episode. Uh, the Dirge episode, oh, the actually. Dirge episode. Because if you recall, Dirge was initially going to be introduced in the Clone Wars as a human, but they decided, eh, screw that. We're going to invent a new character altogether. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and next one. Um, 
I think this one is more for me, but I'll go ahead and ask you anyway. Mumbo Fez twenty four eighty four. What made you're gonna have to post these? On the <laughs> yeah. Screen. Um. What made you guys start this podcast? Your idea. Yeah, it was my ideas. So uh, to make a long story short, I was inspired by this podcast series called Adept is Ridiculous, who cover a lot of Warhammer stuff. Most of this is not not very knowledgeable for you, Hannah. But, I object shit about Warhammer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back in I believe 2020, I was listening to a couple of episodes of their podcast, and I decided, huh? How in, in the plague times? <laughs> in the plague times. Uh. Those were certainly the dark times. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I one day kind of figured, what if I made a podcast like that, but with Star Wars? Thought it would have been a nice little idea. Yeah. Wasn't that when we were still... Okay, getting a little <laughs> bit into our personal lives here. Yeah. I and I were dating before we unfortunately broke up yeah. and went our own separate ways, but we still stayed friends. Yeah, yeah. Was that when we were still dating? Pretty much. When I was still living out of that uh, apartment right near NAU, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That just gives me context with the timeline. Yeah. Um, next question uh, from good old fellow Star Wars YouTuber, Darv Metis' Holocron. He makes a lot of good lore videos, not just on Star Wars, but on cyberpunk and all that. Hey, at he, least we got asked by an actual other YouTuber. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I recommend you guys go watch his content. Really good. He's a really nice dude. Thank you for the shout out. Thank you for the question. Anyway, um, what is y'all's favorite lightsaber fight outside the movies and TV shows? Oh, outside of the movies, that makes it harder. Yeah, and TV shows. So no Clone Wars in this, Hannah. I want to say from Swator, but it's all just you know typical MMO mechanics. Yeah, it's that is not, true. It's yeah, unique and cool. Uh, I mean, you could also include a uh, lightsaber fight from one of the novels you read. I mean, maybe from Master and Apprentice, but I'm not even like a quarter of the way through the book yet. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't have a lot of time to read it. <laughs> okay. What's Sw- your side, Zach? Well, you're thinking of that. Um, it's also kind of... You know what? I just thought of it. Um... More fucking duel between Malgus and Satine Shan from the old Ran trailer. Satil. Satil Shan, yes. There you go. <laughs> okay. I just thought of it. The, All right. the, the, the sacking of Coruscant battle. Yeah, that is so trailer. That is so good, yeah. All of the cinematics from Swator. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Especially that new one with uh with uh, Malgus fighting and that Sahar. one Jedi. Yeah. That was good too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Swator cinematics. That's my answer. But yeah, um, to linger on a little bit more, uh, there is this one memorable duel that I remember at the top of my head from a uh, Legends novel called The Tales of Darth Vader, I believe. It's basically a couple of years, well, okay, a couple of months after Order 66, Darth Vader's in his uh, you know, suit and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on Kashyyyk, leading the genocide of the Wookiees. And because he's hunting down a couple more Jedi survivors and all okay. that. Um, I can't remember the name of his one Jedi Master, but uh, Darth Vader was just curb-stomping the fuck out of a group of Jedi Knights. And this Master comes out, and he's like, it's between you and me, Vader. And they have this epic duel. 
and everything was just happening all around them. There's there were uh, turbo lasers firing down all around them because so complete fucking carnage. Yeah, because Vader ordered an orbital bombardment in the forest that he's in because he wants to kill all the Wookiees and the Master. And he's doing it in the middle of this. Yeah, just an entire duel. It's the craziest shit, shit ever. It sound. If this was a movie duel, it would have been the best fucking duel ever. That's when you hired Michael Bay to do that. Yeah, it's so fucking badass. Um, God damn. <laughs> but let me see if I can think of another one at the top of my head. Oh, another one related to Darth Vader. Um, so he hunted down. It's it's covered in another Dark Horse comic. Uh, he hunts down a couple of Jedi survivors. Um. Nothing too bombastic like the one with the Star Destroyers just burr everywhere around them. But he just, he just, uh, he's basically acting like Jason Voorhees that entire duel. Like, one of the Jedi... He's a fucking beast. Yeah. One of the Jedi has a Cortosis blade, which disables his lightsaber. And she's all like, ha-ha, without your weapon, you're easy prey. And Darth Vader just grabs her neck and snaps it. Yeah, Darth Vader is a more fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so moving on from those questions, let's go on to the Patreon section of things. Okay. Um, I got a pin for all of this. Of course, uh, just a heads up for a certain Mandalorian fan out there. I will not be answering the question, what is your opinion on Mandalorians? We have yet to cover that topic, including the we one... Including the, what is your opinion on the Imperial Warlords? We haven't even covered anything Imperial yet. No. <laughs> but let me go ahead and, okay, here we go. The first one is from Dr. Emboss. What is your first exposure to Star Wars? Did you want to say yours first? or I'll let you say yours first. My dad, well, uh, I don't remember watching them in the theater when I was little, but mm. I remember seeing the first, like, opening, uh, like, you know, when uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are oh, you in watched the CIS the... chip yeah. at home. And I was like, I sat down and was like, what's this, Daddy? And, yeah. So, was, The Phantom Menace was your first yeah, exposure. Yeah, The Phantom Menace yeah. was my very first exposure. I mean, my brother had Star Wars toys when we were growing up. Yeah. But... I mean, he, now he doesn't, he just doesn't like it. But I remember, you know, waving it around like I was fighting, like yeah. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And the, just, yeah, it was damn near magical. Yeah. Especially to a little girl. Yeah, that sounds really magical. I gotta be 100% honest, I don't exactly remember what my first exposure to Star Wars was. I'm pretty sure I knew about uh, Attack of the Clones at the time, I knew about The Phantom Menace, I might have watched the DVDs, but I do remember legitimately that I watched Revenge of the Sith when it was in theaters back in 2005, and that was kind of around the time I got first exposed to Star Wars. Like, cool. Yeah, like Revenge of a Sith. My dad, he used to be a manager at a Barnes & Noble. He gave me the new Essential Guides to Droids at the time, and I was just absorbing all of his knowledge back in 2005, 2004, somewhere around there. I'm still a youngin. Yeah, I was also still a youngin. <laughs> but that thing, I'm just surprised at me being able to answer that question without... 
feeling sad. Yeah. Because uh, unfortunately, they is now four months since he passed. I'm sorry to make that dour, but <laughs> it's just, you know, keeping his memory alive while yeah. I'm still grieving. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, okay, immediately moving I'm sorry, on from that moving one. on. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, that's already the same question. Okay, another uh, one from Mr. Mechanicus. What's your favorite Clone Wars episode and why? I like the Iego arc. Oh, yeah, the Iego. Did you ever watch that? I an arc, but yes, I did. Okay. But I also like the Mortis arc. Yeah, the Mortis arc was good. I remember when we did the uh, God episode. You did. De- you. I demanded we watch the. Mortis yeah, you, arc. me, and Kit watched the entire Mortis arc. It, it was, was so good. Yeah. I wish that they would have done more with the with the the ones. Yeah. They need yeah. to be more expanded upon. I will stand by that forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know when you to- watch Ahsoka because they mentioned them. I know. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with you on that. Um. For me personally, there's a good amount of episodes that I really like. Uh, the first one that comes to my head is the uh, the Hostage Crisis episode, which is the finale of the first season of The Clone Wars, which is the introduction to Cad Bane. Is that the Ryloth arc? No, no, no. no. Uh, it's after the Ryloth oh, arc. Okay. But the Ryloth arc is also pretty good. Um Also, uh, the Holocron heist was also pretty good. It showed how fearsome Cad Bane is as a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Additional ones. Uh, crap. I also do like a lot of episodes that Hondo Onaka appears in. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's just because Hondo is fucking iconic. Yeah. Asking me to pick what my favorite episode of a Clone Wars would be That's is like... like favorite channel. Yeah, exactly. Or favorite book. Exactly. There's just so many to choose from, but I highly recommend uh, uh, the Holocron Heist. That one's really good, really intense. Shows builds Cad Bane up as a fearsome villain. Yes. Um, I also do like the uh, entire trilogy. I forget what it's called, but the entire arc where Ahsoka is is um, leaves the Jedi Order because of its. Uh, because yeah. they blamed her for a crime she didn't commit and all that. I also did like the Siege of Mandalore arc. Of course, the Mandalore arc is always good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, there's just a whole lot of uh, Clone Wars episodes. There's we- so much Clone Wars content that I really love. Yeah. It's just so hard to explain because I haven't seen the actual episodes yet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. Another one by... Uh, Goddamn... Okay. One from Tristan H. Uh, okay. What is your favorite Star Wars era and why? I think I've said it too many times already. <laughs> yep. What's the yours? prequels, yeah. Um, I also have a huge soft spot for the prequels because it looks a lot more advanced what I imagine Star Wars to be. Yeah, it's it's a lot more technologically... Try again. <laughs> technologically advanced. It's yeah. what we would see futuristic space technology be like. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lucas did manage to portray that with the limited resources he had, CGI just made it better. Yeah. 
And also, like, uh, aspects of the Old Republic, that is very interesting to mm-hmm. explore. Like it's that, awesome. Yeah, the heyday of the Jedi and their rivalry with the Sith is always fun to watch. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I also do like some aspects of the uh, original trilogy, just the idea that, you know, it's just something that you have to respect that kickstarted the franchise to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... But let me see. Uh, uh, did I? Yeah. Uh, one from Gibbons. If you had one Star Wars creature as a pet, which would it be? A Vorpak. <laughs> Remind me what that is. <laughs> the, uh, the little fluff balls from Ah, yeah. Those little I motherfuckers. I have a whole list, but if I had to choose one, a Vorpak. <laughs> Just because they're a fucking Nexu as well. And <laughs> a motherfucking Nexu, of course. Um, I mean, refer to the Naboo episode for all of the fucking animals that I like. Yeah. I mean, just wait until we get to more planets and animals. Yeah, pretty I, much. I'm gonna need a whole fucking zoo. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. If there's. At the top of my head, I really do like the uh, motherfucking uh, crit dragon. Yes, the Kray Dragon is so cool. It is so cool. By the way, do you know that Count Dooku has one for a pet? Yes. Yes, he does. There's like a Dark Horse comic where he's just posing in front of his giant Kray Dragon. Holy shit. <laughs> he is such a motherfucking giga chad. <laughs> but let me see if I could top one off. Okay. Of course, one of our viewers is asking when we'll do the Endor episode. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> I've heard the Ewoks have so much lore behind them. It's like, I don't want to learn about these fucking <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Um, I think this one is more on me, but last one from Irk the Turtle. What is all the player characters that have been in Star Wars Alternate? Okay, at least we got a Star Wars Alternate yeah. uh, question. Yes, we did. Or promote that content. Yeah. Go watch that content. It's so good. Yeah, I, so much fun. I know it's not a high quality considering I'm using one microphone for that entire D and D session. Yeah, it's, so it's not like Roll Twenty. Nope, but it is so fun to listen back upon, especially with all the tomfoolery we get yes. up to. But to answer your it's question, friends having fun. Yeah, if exactly. If you like that kind of content, go watch it. Yeah. So currently, the players we have in the Star Wars alternate campaign, it's. Arjak Ordal, uh, Koji Char, Nevu the Wookie, um, and Leo Fural. Fural. I know. <laughs> you always mess that up, but that's fine. But yeah, um, for, for there's not a whole lot of player characters because a lot of us don't really die in the Star Wars alternate campaign. Well, except for uh, one. Kid likes to replace his characters every so often if yeah. he tired of them, but hey, you do you. But anyway, um, for previous characters, uh, one of our previous characters, he doesn't play with, the player doesn't play with us anymore, but... It happens. Yeah. Um, so their character is a Zabrak bounty hunter by the name of Cadaver, and he's like the tallest motherfucker ever. He's like seven foot two, I believe. Yeah, he was a very big, very tough dude. Yeah, he loves, he loves making explosives and setting up traps. He was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, for previous characters that Kid has played, he's played as motherfucking, uh... 
Can't remember the name of his first character, but it was... Was it Brianna? There we go. Goddamn. Brianna was the very first character he played when I started off as D&D camping. She was a pirate. She was a pirate. Basically a uh, copy and paste Harley Quinn if she was a Zoltron. Yeah, we had this. He had this I've entire. I've never met this character. So <laughs> no. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, we had this entire backstory where going across the galaxy, retrieving members of her crew, her pirate crew that got scattered. Blah blah. blah. Okay. Um, she unfortunately died by a droid that was uh, programmed by the HUD to a a HUD character to protect his shit and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, she unfortunately got sliced apart. Oh no. And. Uh, the character that he made afterwards was, well, Gene. Gene, yay. Known as Darth Scorn. Darth Scorn, the murder hobo character. Yes. Yeah, literally their first introduction between her and Arjak Ordo. Uh, Ordo was using the head of her friend, Brianna, to get a bounty and everything. And uh, she just came up to a bar and uh, demanded a duel between her and Arjak. You know, they were having this classic, uh, you know... Old Western duel. Old Western duel. Unfortunately, Arjag rode higher because, of course, it's Arjag. Just shoots her dead. And, uh, <laughs> you did not kill her. He you rode... should have died, but... He, she should have died. But I was like, this is literally her first session. This it's like nice. two hours <laughs> since her introduction. I'm going to be nice. She has no armor. Simple as that. But yeah, they have this little rivalry between her and Arjag. Arjag was bullying her, and Jean decides to betray the entire party to the Separatists. Yes. And yeah, she kind of developed into this player character, Murder Hobo, and then ultimately one of the bad guys. Yes. And then after that, uh, Kit made Haname, who is a really fascinating character. Just Haname was awesome. He was such a well-thought-out philosophical character. Yeah. Because Kid really put in his love of philosophy into that. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, he was... <laughs> I wish he did not die in the boss fight with Mandalore of Phoenix because I had so many plans for him. If only we had recorded that because that was such a good fight. That was such a uh, chef's but kiss fight. The <laughs> and then that character... After uh, Haname would be Taya Ula. His wife. Yay, his wife, who is a uh, cyborg with a brain as a head. Yes, she was a cyborg and uh, she had like a cloaking device where it was just, she was a regular Pantora woman. Yep, yep. And (laughs) ironically enough, that disguise matrix came in handy because she could disguise as pretty much anybody. It made stealth missions so much easier. (laughs) Still very funny when uh, her disguise came down briefly. I missed that. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. Um, Once again, (laughs) one of the few characters that actually did not die a horrible death, but she's retired now. And now we have Koji Char. (laughs) But yeah, that unfortunately I had plans, but you know, shit happens. That's fine. But yeah, that is. I don't all think the... anybody really knows Liel's backstory. No. It's because we did the session one on our own. Yeah. Uh, Liel is the former Duchess of Aigo, as mm-hmm. you'll hear many, many times in yep. the Aigo arc. Yep. But she was. Coerced into... Coerced, yeah. Her child got kidnapped. Dooku was all like... 
Well, she didn't know that at the time. But point is, uh, I can help you retrieve your child. Just sign the document right here. Don't worry about the terms and agreements. <laughs> yeah, it's like, prey on a desperate mother, why don't you? And, yeah. Uh, she ended up being exiled from Aigo. Yep. Before, uh, nearly, or after nearly dying. Mm-hmm. But she met the crew on Mandalore. Yep. After Satine kindly took her in. Yep. I love Satine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... Satine's one of my favorite fucking characters. Yeah, ironically enough, Star Wars Alternate is kind of a loose series that preceded before Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi, so, uh... So it's like, it's intertwining. So yeah. we're trying to get, like, the later half of this campaign in here. Yeah, exactly. But there's still so much awesome lore to this. <laughs> yeah. And I hope we get more questions asked about it. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> okay, there are more questions, but I'm going to have a limit here. The rest of them are just um, general memes of, can mayonnaise kill a Sith? Can mayonnaise kill a Padawan? <laughs> can mayonnaise kill a Mandalorian? Absolutely love if that's a meme now. <laughs> yes. But yeah, unfortunately, that will be it for our Q&A, Hannah. No more good ones? Okay, I'll break the rules just a little bit. Uh, crap. Uh, okay, another one from Erk the Turtle. Got any favorite Star Wars games? If not, what is your favorite non-Star Wars game? I think everybody knows what my fucking favorite Star Wars game Swator is. Swator is yours. Yeah. Um, personally, one of my favorite Star Wars games back in the day... Uh, was the Revenge of a Sith video game. It's basically a fighting game. Okay. Uh, you know, you play as Anakin, Obi-Wan, Grievous, Dooku, uh, Darth Vader, and old Ben Kenobi. It was a really fun game. If I had to pick another one, the uh, GameCube. Or no, not the GameCube. The <laughs> GameCube or the Wii? The Lego Star Wars. Original. Yeah, the... Original Star Wars Lego trilogy is also yes. really good. Um, I don't remember if we had it for the Wii or for the GameCube. I think it was for all platforms, in all honesty. But when we, my brother and I used to play it as kids, and we had so much fun. Yeah. That was, that's what kind of makes me sad now, is that he doesn't like Star Wars that yeah, much. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, we, tr- we played so many levels and tried so hard at that fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Well, let me s- I, I might just buy it to plat it. Yeah. Um, but another Star Wars game to top it off. I think the original Battlefront games from Pandemic would be pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a little bit too young for that, but, um, the Battlefront... Isn't, like, isn't that, like, basically fucking Star Wars Call of Duty? Pretty much. Well, okay, not exactly Call of Duty. You could switch enemy units and everything like that. You could play different factions. You could play different uh, subclasses. Like, you got the clone trooper with a shotgun. You got the... Yes, you could play destroyer droids in this game, literally. It is so awesome. Okay. (laughs) But, yeah, um... Unfortunately, that is where we're going to end the Q&A session. If you have more questions, send them to us. I wouldn't mind just doing this to wrap up an episode. For yeah, time. maybe like every milestone or so. Like maybe if we reach 500 subscribers, we'll do another milestone uh, Q&A. You hear that, everybody? You got a goal now. <laughs> if you want to hear more about our Star Wars opinions, get us to 500 subscribers. And do not keep asking about what the our opinion... About Mandalorians, I will keep on resetting the clock. <laughs> Be patient, it's coming. 
Okay, but yeah, that is our 50th episode of Cam Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi. Or in other words, wow, that is a long road we went down, Hannah. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, um, before we close this off, you want to uh, know what our next episode is going to be about, Hannah? Sure. Something that we discussed about a good while ago for our next... I think we're pretty much due for another character episode, Hannah. Okay. And this time, we will be talking about the myth, the man, the legend, Gilead Pelion. Oh, right. Yeah. He was voted a good while ago of which Karel- name Karelian character would be covered, and yeah, he won out. Yeah, we did. And it, Pe- I think it's about time we cover Pelion, because he is... Even though I have my own opinions on, uh, what was his fucking name? Uh, okay. That other, uh, Corellian character I can't think of at the top of my head. He is an absolute giga chad. You'll put it there in post anyway. And of course, being the <laughs> protege of Fraun, I think it's something you'll be especially excited about. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, once again, thank you everybody, all the subscribers, all the viewers, all the Patreons, and all the friends we made along the way. Thank you so much for supporting this sort of content and for allowing us to explore more about the intricacies and the what-the-fuck moments of a Star Wars universe. Absolutely. Here's to another 50 episodes. Indeed. Ah, there we go. Um, but anyway, may the force be with you. And hope you enjoy the rest of No Nut November. Bye bye. Bye.